Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast on day three of the US Open where it's 5.02pm. We're recording part one, as per usual, in the media garden. Myself, Catherine Ritzker, David Law, Matt Roberts. The reason we're recording part one now is, well, it's twofold. Fold number one is that we all want to go and watch Dominic Team against Ben Shelton, which is currently in the latter stages of the opening set. Fold number two is that it was a very stacked day early on. In fact, in terms of first matches on the schedule today, there was there was a period of about an hour where the following things were all happening. Taylor Townsend was beating Beatrice Haddadmire on grandstand in the most extraordinarily atmospheric match out there. It was real vibes. We had Kevin Bridges slash Dominic Stricker beating Stefano Sitsipas. Uh, that was also on grandstand a little bit later on. We had, oh no, it was court 17, wasn't it? Taylor Townsend had admired. Sit to pass. I've written Bridges in the agenda. I've got to keep remembering to say Stricker. I actually said it in commentary today. <laughs> that was on grandstand. Coco Goff and Mira Andreva were on Ash. And over on Armstrong, a match that we thought we could stop paying attention to at the time when everything was happening at once because Daniel Collins seemed to be cruising over Lisa Mertens. And then suddenly, this extraordinary Mertens fight back. She's really desperately making a play for the intensity list, is Elisa Mertens. And that match suddenly became an epic. So there was really a period in the first couple of hours of the day when things were frantic and Matt was complaining of not having enough eyes. (laughs) I think that was the first time this tournament I'd done that, actually, wasn't it? Too many things happening at the same time. But I love it, really. I do complain. But I do love those those hours where everything's happening all at once. Yeah, a lot of gruelling tennis being played in the most gruelling imaginable conditions today. Because yesterday we talked about the air feeling like soup. And today that is still the case. But the temperature is a few degrees hotter. We're all sat here drinking rehydration salts. And uh, we have not done any strenuous physical activity <laughs> today so goodness me Matt did go to the gym this morning (laughs) but did you do anything in the gym or did you just do one of those where you dress up walk back in and go I've been to the gym (laughs) 
Well, he came out Catherine looking can sweaty. confirm I was sweaty. He was sweaty. Back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where would we like to start? Of those matches I mentioned, where, folks, would we like to start? David, I'll give you first choice. I, I would actually like to hear from you, if you saw it at all, uh, about the Taylor Townsend win, because... There was a, a line in commentary from Annabelle Croft that comparing her to John McEnroe in terms of style of play, she's, I didn't realise she was so into Taylor Townsend's game, but I think we were all into it as well. And, and I, I'm only s- sorry that we don't get to see her in singles that often. She's a brilliant doubles player. She's managed to break through and ha- become a real contender in all the, all the doubles. But when you actually get a chance to watch Taylor Townsend play singles, it's just so alluring and, and hmm. attractive. I just want to. I just I'm drawn to it because it's so different. Yeah, I think the sort of defining Taylor Townsend match, where it, you know very much was John McEnroe coming to the net esque, was of course that one here a few years ago against Simona Halep. The sort of interesting thing about that is she got into the draw here Taylor Townsend through Simona Halep's late withdrawal from the US Open uh, and she has absolutely made the most of that won a couple of matches here and I think the main thing that sort of struck me about this match was just how lively it was out on court 17 you always know that Taylor Townsend is going to get so much support and because she's playing Beatrice Haddad Meyer who you know, like, like we said the other day when she played Stone Stevens, still got a lot of support in that match as well. There's always a wave of Brazilian support following her. So you had these these rival fan bases going up against each other. And Taylor Townsend's tennis is just so electric. It, I was actually struck today by the fact that she wasn't always coming to the net. Like she came to the net a lot, and her hand skills are maybe the best in the world. The way she can pick balls up off her toes and put away volleys but actually generally she was just dictating in all the ways even from the baseline it was, it was a joy to watch her dad Meyer was a breakdown at the start of the second set got it back turned it into a bit of a battle as, as she always does but but Taylor Townsend managed to get the win and she said after her one of her doubles wins recently you know wait for the new chapter of my career sort of wondered what that would be and she said after this win today on court this is my time this is my time and you know maybe she is going to make try and make even more of, of the singles game I'd love to see I remember how good her results were on clay this year she beat Jessica Pagula in Rome won a lot of matches on that surface and I think we all said want to see her on the grass because with that game style you feel like it would fit and she didn't really have a very good grass court she, she season she lost to Sophia Kennan in an incredible qualifying. qualifying match yeah. Wimbledon, didn't she and it's just one of those, isn't it? Can you get your ranking up so that you're automatically in all the best events and then pit your skill base up against the rest? Yeah, she's stuck in that nether zone, isn't she? Like um, Borna Goyo that we were watching. <laughs> yes, Catherine. <laughs> I did not know today. that that name was going to come I out I did. Mouth. Catherine and I were talking about him earlier. <laughs> but you feel like if he could just get into the world's top 60, yeah. he could then get in could then move on from there but it's making the big leap from being stuck in the qualifying nether zone to getting direct entry into the into the biggest events that's I mean, did, the biggest leap that you have to make and it's so hard it feels like you're swimming against the tide yeah. everything's stacked against you to do it she is the what might have been player of the last 10 years in many ways i think because 
you know, she was a world number one junior. Everybody recognised her talent. She was terribly treated, I thought, by the USTA. Unequivocally, uh, terribly treated. And, you know, lost her career, lost big chunks of her career and has never really been able to make it go the way it could have done. But what is she, mid-20s now? Um, I mean, there's still some time, I think, for her to to show more of this and um, and yeah I, I'm just really pleased for her yeah she hasn't come into press conference yet because of course she's playing doubles she actually just walked past us with her partner Leila Fernandez with whom she's had some fantastic success this year so I am going to be watching out for Taylor Townsend in the matches to come and I hope I hope it is matches plural she did so well obviously to win but to prevent that going three, I mean, all Beatrice and Admire <laughs> matches go three. Seven six first set, seven five second set. It just, it felt like a marathon match. So for her to withstand the force that is Beatrice and Admire trying to sap all your energy <laughs> over a period of three hours, I thought was incredible. She has such guile, such precision. On the serve, that's very John McEnroe-esque, the way the ball seems to bend in the air on the serve and plop right in the postage stamp in the corner of the uh, the service box. I love her. She's wonderful. I hope this continues. Yeah. Who, who's she got now? She has got Carolina Mukova now, who until <sighs> just moments ago, David, was loitering just over your right shoulder. Oh. Looked like she was trying to find an interview to do I should have invited her over <laughs> well she is doing one over your oh, right she? shoulder oh, oh yes right. there she is in a blue outfit um, a big yes please to that match that is just a fantastic yep. match on paper isn't it talk about guile and finesse and mm, angles skills. and hands oh put that on a good court yeah. yeah. What, what's the one that, there's one court where the press seats are long lenses. 17 is it too big a match for 17? Yes, I think so. Taylor Townsend yeah. was on 17 today, and that was yeah. against Haddad Meyer. It's probably a grandstand match or an Armstrong match, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Also good press seats. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. good. Okay. If you're not in the sun, Matt came back from an hour oh. in the grandstand press seats today watching... Um, I really do need to change the agenda here because it does say Kevin Bridges, which <laughs> I found funny as I was typing it, but now... <laughs> It's going to be the new Blake Shelton. I'm going to have to call him by his proper name at some point. It's also Um, freaking me out because you've spelt Bridges like Andrew Bridges, who does our Twitter, rather than Kevin Bridges. (laughs) Anyway. It's all happening. Matt was out watching Dominic Stricker for an hour earlier in the full sun, in the press seats, and he hasn't been the same man since... You've come back a shadow of yourself, Matt. Mm, it was so hot. I mean, I left bec- when they started a fifth set. That is how hot I was. You know, everyone knows I will watch any fifth set of tennis, basically, or final set of tennis. I just couldn't, I couldn't stand it anymore. I thought, I'm going to enjoy this more from the media centre and the air conditioning. I, I don't understand how the players <laughs> do it. Conversely, though, there was really something of the diesel about mm. Dominic Stricker today, wasn't there? 6-3 in the fifth, he beat Stefano Sitsipas, won the first set, but ended up going two sets to one down. Sitsipas served for it in the fourth set. At all of these points, particularly when he went two sets to one down, lost the third set on a tie break, having had a set point, I thought 
that's probably it now. You've had your moment, young player, haven't played many best of five set matches, if any. I mean, this is his first ever US Open. He's into round three. I thought this was fun, but it's almost certainly over now. To come back and win in five was an unreal effort, I thought. Where, where do you put the unreal effort versus the choke? I think Tsitsipas will have a lot of regrets about the game he played when he was serving for the match at 5-3. Played a really poor game. As as Catherine's described, he'd, he'd got the match under control. He was a breakdown at the start of that fourth set. But then he managed to break twice. And it looked like Stricker was short on energy. It looked like Tsitsipas had him. And, you know, things were good. I was, I was really struck by the fact that this was probably my first time watching... Sitsipas live when his father wasn't in the box and it was a very different experience very calm, very relaxed you know, and the press seats on Grandstand are right behind one of the coaching boxes and it was Sitsipas's and I was just I was struck by how at ease things seemed he then played an absolute shocker of a game to, to let Stricker back in and then from that moment on I thought Stricker played really really well again you know sort of found his level again so Sitsipas led him back in absolutely but Stricker came up with some fantastic shots he's he, he sort of lulls you in a bit he's, he's, he's not high energy on the court at all he's not showtime but his uh, shot making is pretty special Matt came Matt came back from watching it was the first time I think any of us have watched him live and I was quite excited about what that experience had been like I was unable to go myself because I would have passed out in the heat um, and Matt said he's very good he's not fun <laughs> right. and then he started singing along to Whitney Houston at the change of ends just to make that take go out of date almost immediately because that was perhaps that the most fun thing moment. that anyone's done all tournament yeah it was as a great moment as he's 5-2 down in the final set mo- moments away from his biggest ever win he's just chomping on his protein bar or whatever singing along to I want to dance with somebody oh, and there, there he is there he is David in all his al- agricultural glories coming okay. out to do do some interviews can over confirm there. that he is agricultural I'd, I mean from behind if somebody said to you that that's Stan Varinka I would believe he them he <laughs> is so Varinka like doesn't have a single handed backhand but he's a lefty he, he's a lefty double handed backhand but he is I mean he. I think he must be the youngest player ever to achieve agricultural status because <laughs> it usually it, it usually takes a few years to develop a barrel chest doesn't it I mean Stan Varinka a famously late bloomer Dominic Stricker has all the attributes of all the positives of being agricultural so strong so resilient in going the distance and yet he also has such sweet timing it actually doesn't feel like his stature is what's producing the power it's the timing that's producing the power yeah and like Vavrinka he seems to have this engine just hums along and he keeps on going and I, th- and I think that that is very rare in a 21 year old is to, is to you, all the way through that match I'm expecting a turnaround. Even when he won the first set, even when it was a tight second set. You know, Sitsabas has become a pretty resolute professional over the years 
and even if he's not playing that well, he knows how to win. He, know, he doesn't. I don't think of him as somebody who loses a lot of matches of, of that type. Um, and he's keeping the scores close. Close, but fair play to Stricker. He he, he kind of had a second wind, yeah. but he never never went away and just dropped in energy and had a dive the way you you normally expect with somebody who's inexperienced mm. he's real never too high never too low vibes yep. and look he's got Benjamin Bonzi now for a place in the fourth round mm. okay recovery is going to be a big question mark he, he's never had to recover from a match like that before and come back and play two days later but Bonzi taking out Chris Eubanks who was not in full health today that was tough to see him losing four sets especially with the draw opening up the way it has what an opportunity for Dominic Stricker yeah huge I mean I think that's a that's a big test that all players have to pass backing up a big win that is that is something that is so hard to do uh, he he saved a match point in qualifying Stricker in the in the second round played an absolutely epic epic match in qualifying so he's done that thing you know that we often do talk about of playing a little bit with house money you know he could, he could have gone out in qualifying here and yeah there's just just so many positive signs for him I was I was reading his uh, ATP bio you know his sort of personal lines on there and I was really struck by the fact that his serve was really good today and that was apparently something that Roger Federer absolutely impressed on him you have to improve your serve that has to be the sort of staple of your game and it really was today showed great composure when serving it out after going love 30 down hit a couple of aces yeah just just so much to be impressed by uh, but you know just another new experience trying to back up a big win in the next round we um, we have lots more very uplifting fun stuff to talk about in this part of the show but should we get the, the, news, the massive bummer out of the way <laughs> What's the massive bummer? Uh, Dominic Team has just retired. Oh no! Against Ben Shelton, having lost the first set on the tie break, it all seems to—I mean, it, it just all seems to have devolved extremely quickly. It looked like a really good match. They're in a tie break, and then Dominic Team is doubled over, saying he he can't go on after a, a bathroom break, seemingly um, suffering from gastroenteritis. Oh. Um, and, and actually, yeah. I mean, there are a few, lot, quite a few players who yep. are going down unwell, aren't there? I mean, we we, we'll, we we saw Christopher Eubanks looking unwell. Don't know the nature of it, but you know he's gone out, and that is a rough situation. I mean, particularly if if it is something that starts going around the the locker room and the player lounge. I mean, players become paranoid. Coaches don't want players to be on site very long. What a shame. If the tennis gods are listening, please send Dominic Team a bit of luck. Yeah. Just a little bit. Oh, what a Actually, send him quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's start with a bit and, and build from there. Um, I think he has earned it. Uh, moving on to more uplifting things. Coco Golf today against Mira Andreva. I say that not as a not Mira Andreva fan. I think she's great, but... She's 16. Her time will come. I think it's perfectly fine to be seeing performances from her where she looks like an unpolished 16-year-old and where Coco Goff looked like an authoritative threat for the title. Yeah, I, I think you could be a fan of both of those players and be happy with what you saw from, from each one of them because Andreva broke Goff in the very first game and, and I'm immediately thinking, you know, 
she just excites me as a talent. Any time I watch her play, I think she can win against anybody because she's just going to be so good. If if she can be, if she can frankly tread a similar professional path to what Goff has trodden and have the same attitude, and you know, it's not easy to do. That's a talent in itself, isn't it? And and Goff gave her some great advice at the end of the match in terms of like how to make that transition from talented 16-year-old, which Goff has been. And she said, not every match is life and death. Like, it took me a while to learn that, but I know that now. I see people playing in their 30s, and I know that to get that far, you, have, you can't treat every match as life and death. And it's, it does very much feel like Mira Andreva is still in that, yeah. treating everything like life and death. Yeah, she's got an example there to look to in, but, in Coco But Goff I felt like I was watching great progression from both players in the course of this match in that Goff didn't get rattled by being broken in the first game. She reels off four games in a row, just, as you said, stamped her authority on the match. And I was expecting... The, the, a real chance I thought there was a real chance that Andreva, Andreva might just go away at this point and just throw the racket about lose her mind and it might be 6-1-6-1 it could, it could very easily be that except instead she kept the score relatively respectable in the first set went to break down in the second and then just ignited and they both did and watching them go toe to toe with their with their respective skill sets was I saw the best rally of the tournament in that match, 30 strokes, and it involved wonderful shot-making from the baseline from Andreva, a drop shot, a lob, another drop shot, and yet Goff still reached them all and still hit the winning shot. She is a marvel in the way she can move about a tennis court, and she's also... I mean, there were still some crumpled forehand errors, but there's generally just a conviction about the way she's playing. She loved the conditions, didn't she? I mean, I know I, we've talked about how tough they were today. And, it, and it's, it's much more complex than just physical fitness. You know, some people thrive in these conditions and, and, and some don't, even though they're all sort of highly tuned athletes. But Goff said, this is like South Florida. This is like where I'm from. And it was quicker than when she played the other night. She was able to penetrate the court more with her shots and... Yeah, she just stamped her authority on it. Tried, you know, as you said, there were some really nice long rallies, but generally I felt like Goff was trying to keep it short and be aggressive and just take control, and she did that brilliantly today. I don't know if either of you read her press conference transcript, but there was some really interesting stuff in there about her forehand. She talked a lot about it without actually mentioning it by name. There was a moment in the in the, the press F conference word. where a journalist had to go are you talking about the forehand she went yeah yeah I am um, she said obviously she she played Andreva in Paris and Goff ended up winning that match but it was very very close she she won the first set Andreva um, until she had a real collapse out there but she said that she thought that Andreva had come onto court with the same tactics as she had had for their match in Paris which of course by and large had worked out really well um, but that those tactics didn't work today because Goff's a different player to who she was when they played in Paris and, and reading between the lines of what she was saying she considers herself a different player because her forehand isn't as attackable like it was basically what she was saying was 
the How to Play Coco Golf playbook has been torn up and a new one hasn't been written yet. She was basically saying, look, I know the tactic that everybody's been deploying against me. She well, she didn't have an issue with that. Um, but she said, no, nah, that's it's not working anymore, guys. You've got to find a new one. And maybe they will. Um, and maybe that tactic isn't busted forever because, you know, she hasn't made any technical technical changes to the forehand. It's all in the mind at the moment. But I found that absolutely fascinating. Also quite an interesting message to send to the rest of the locker room, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, I, I, I was wondering today, because I, I think, I don't care what AI says, she's got a blooming hard draw here. And... I actually wonder whether that may end up helping her when, if if she can keep getting through these matches, get into the the sharp end and the particularly the showdown, if she got to it with Sviantek, would that help her? And I think it may well, having all these tough opponents on paper. Well, on paper, she might not have quite as tough an opponent as she and we were expecting. Victoria Zarenka's just stomped past you, David. I think, I think that means she lost to Zhu Lin. Okay. Yeah, th- this In is. In fact, I'm going to categorically say that was not the walk of a, a player that had come from a set down to beat Julin. It's prime position, this, isn't it, for <laughs> judging body language of people? Um, yes. Speaking of losses, Coco Goff will not face Danielle Collins in round three. She will face potential intensity list newbie Elisa Mertens, who came back for the second match running. From match points down, three six seven six six one from Mertens, saving two set two match points in the second set, having also saved three in her first round match against Miriam Bjorklund. Again, this is another one where you ask the question: Where's the balance between the Mertens fight back and the Collins? Maybe not choke, but certainly letting it slip slip through her fingers. Yeah, it's. it's it's rough. It's rough for her. And I remember I was commentating on, on the Djokovic match at the time that that was going on, and but we had it on in a monitor, and I just looked out of the corner of my eye and saw Collins with, I think, 6-5 in the second set tie-break. So one of those match points. And she was just getting pumped up, and, and I commentated on a couple of more points. And the next thing I saw when I looked over at the TV was Elisa Mertens shouting, let's go! <laughs> and thinking, wow, there's a turnaround of, a, of, of human beings for a start, let alone the scoreline. Um, and, and I think, you know, huge credit to her for that. And then in the third set, you just, written all over Collins's face was just deflation and she just got nothing left by the looks of it. So it was an interesting match to witness. Apparently, Elisa Mertens just loves New York. Yeah, she was saying that. I know. She said, I just, I just thrive here. surprising to me. I would have had her on the Von Droshevich-Fiontech list of Same. maybe not loving you. Same, and I would also have her on the York. list of, like, I know Elisa Mertens. Like, I don't expect to find out loads new about her, but... But this year, she's been yeah. really intense, as you say, in in a lot of Grand Slam matches. It's when it's when and see. where has that come from? Because I've never associated that with her at all. Until Don't now. know. <laughs> Don't know. First registered it at the French Open this year. Oh, there go uh, Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula. 
Off to the doubles court. Headed out to grandstand. Nazarenka did lose, 6-3, You were quite right. Each wearing their headphones as they walked to court, rather than (laughs) having a chat. Mm. Now they are having a chat, despite wearing the headphones. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Coco Goff against Lisa Mertens, round three. It's still a good match. I mean, it's not quite the... Friday night match that ESPN might have been dreaming of slash Catherine Whitaker was dreaming of um, but it's it's still a cool match and it's a it's a challenge because she she doesn't give you anything Elise Mans. that's doing her a disservice she's not just a player that doesn't give you anything you know, she won that match today but Goff will need to play well yeah. really well this won't I'm not sure this will be a match that she can win ugly yeah, that's a very good question, isn't it? I, I mean, it could be, it could be one that she kind of, I could almost imagine it being a, a, a classic. Her having, like, I suppose the scenario you're talking about is playing out of a skin and just dominating. That's what you're after if you're in a, co- a Coco Golf mindset. But she needs to be playing well to do that. If right. she, yeah, she would. If she's not playing well, I think that's that's tough against Lisa Mertens I think it is tough to Mertens has had some pretty good prep today in terms of like dealing with a Mm. partisan American crowd like you know it was it was loud in Armstrong when Collins was winning points and it was silent when when Mertens was winning she goes in the interview after thank you all for supporting uh, supporting me uh, I mean and my opponent (laughs) and I hope uh, I'm looking forward to you supporting me oh uh, well, Coco, I know I'm playing <laughs> against Nick, but very, bless her, you know, she's a different approach to Laura Siegman. That isn't yeah, it? There, there, there was a there was a warmth yeah. towards her, but she was so ecstatic, and uh, you know, she's the perennial third, fourth rounder, yeah. isn't she? And uh, here she is again doing things. But you, like, I, I think you're, I think it will be interesting to see whether Goff can just find a gear that Mertens can't deal with. Exactly, which which she does have, but she'll need to find it for yeah. two out of three sets. Mm. Both both top doubles players, like they've both got really good hand skills. I always think Mertens' hand skills are underrated. She's got a great backhand down the line, Mertens, but again, that might not be as effective as you would have thought a few months ago against Goff because the Goff forehand has improved. I, I expect... I expect Goff to come out and play well. And I, I thought Goff played really well today. I think, I think the Siegman match was an anomaly. I think it was all so weird. Maybe some nerves as well, you know, opening up Arthur Ashe night session with loads of big expectation on her. I think she dealt with it well. She got through it. And it's a weird player, literally playing yeah, the, and the, the match of her, the set of her life. Right, and, and we know how much... You know, something that Andy Murray was asked about in his press conference the other day was what will Brad Gilbert bring to Coco Golf? Because obviously Andy Murray worked with Brad Gilbert. And Murray said that Brad is so big on matchups, you know, and scouting out the opponent. And Brad Gilbert said on ESPN, Siegman played totally different to how she'd been playing in qualifying. Like she wasn't oh, wow. she wasn't coming in all the time. It was a so maybe Goff was caught a bit by surprise by the tactic that Siegman brought I actually I don't think as much as we're talking about the sort of personality change that Mertens has gone through I don't think there's any surprises tennis wise there no. like Goff will be ready for that I think 
do, do you think anything goes for the crowd when a goth match is on? I mean, I was just thinking back to what Siegmund was saying and complaining about the other day. Do you think she's got... I, a- I don't think that was about goth. I think that was about Siegmund. I mean, it was amplified by the fact that it was the American darling of the tournament, sure, but that was about what Siegmund was doing. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. They would not have done that against someone just playing a normal match against Coco Golf. She was on the wind-up. Big time. Yeah. Big. That she is, was that is right she on is. the edge of what's legal. She, she was... Right on it. She seemed outraged that people yeah. were accusing her of that and that the crowd were being so mean. But, mm. And I understand how, how emotional you would get after a match like that, and it can be a bit overwhelming, and you you might behave a bit badly and whatever, but I don't... I, with her, I just, I've seen it so many times not on the same stage but I don't, I don't buy it Dave's just greeting Coco Vanderway there co-commentary partner sometimes <laughs> she's good actually she's off to play doubles with Sophia Kennan by the looks of things oh. who plays tomorrow um, last couple of results to wrap up from the day session today wins for Iga Sviontek the defending women's champion 6-3-6-4 over Darius Saville um, look th- there's a golfing class here but it was a more competitive match than I think any of us expected I heard you doing a commentary report on this match David on BBC Radio and you said she likes to let you know she's there does Saville yes. which I thought was a great summary it's one of my favourite things is sitting next to David in the, in the mm. media room when he goes into commentary mode because it's just, I would be so self-conscious about having to do commentary in a room that's sort of silent and you're like, everyone everyone can hear what I'm saying and listening and David just gives it the full <laughs> welly. I love it so much. If, if I've got the earphones on and, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I can only hear the chords and I'm commentating, I, I don't even know if people are there. <laughs> sort of forget where you are. <laughs> but I do notice a couple of sort of side-eye glances from down the other end of the room it, sometimes. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, well, great summary of um, of Shantek Saville. She just she just sort of made herself as annoying as possible for, and, for and Shantek. And that scoreline kind of tells the story, doesn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, Shantek's just destroying everybody else and Saville just makes it a bit more difficult. Mm, Good that, for her. That is the bobbiest ponytail in tennis, isn't it? And plenty of other tennis players play with an identical ponytail but it just doesn't bob in the same way <laughs> no. it has to be the combination of the hairstyle plus the walk yes I think it's the interaction thereof Sophia Kenning can also pull that off I think to some degree yeah yeah her ponytail bobs a lot Novak Djokovic 6-4-6-1-6-1 over Benawe Zapata Mirayes um, on Ash another golfing class <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I thought Zapata Moraes played really well for about half a dozen games at the start of the match. I think he's, he was pretty much redlining it. And Djokovic was a little bit off and the heat was not very nice at that stage. The, the sun was on the court, but there was also the mix of the shadow. The moment the shade properly came across the court and Djokovic could take that, that hat off that he hates wearing and just play normally, I mean, he just suddenly relaxed you could see the uh, you sometimes use the word released you know just stopped being anxious and uh, 
and he was he was fine and and look it's so far it's it's unfolding i think as one would expect we've got certainly the two best players in men's tennis by a street who are just cruising um through the draw and it's only a couple of rounds but Djokovic looks great Lazo Gera next for Novak Djokovic there is a potential Yuri Vesely lurking in uh, round four although actually Francisco Serendolo is fighting back against Vesely and they're two all in the fifth set so let's not go too far down that road <laughs> of discussion but I always think with Vesely well he's beaten him before twice yeah, exactly, and probably won't again. But you know, just makes it ever so slightly more interesting in a draw that, on paper, for Djokovic just looks absolutely dreamy. Shuntek, incidentally, has Kaya Yuvan next, who is a close friend of hers, yes. I think, and they... just a player that I always think when I watch her, wow, she's good. Why aren't you better? Mm. And I don't have an answer to that, but I, I don't expect her to beat Shuntek. But she's a nice player. She's a lovely player to watch. Uh, I remember them playing at the French Open either last year or a couple of years ago and, you know, knowing how, how close friends they are and yet Fiontek was just as ruthless as you would expect in that match, just took care of her. Um, Yuvan's father died uh, last year, I believe, and, you know, I think there was a piece on the WTA website earlier this year. She took a break from tennis for a little bit sort of stunted her her development as a player perhaps very understandably uh, but good to see her back and uh, yeah I think she came through qualifying so she's won a lot of matches already which is good to see because mm. you know when I watch her I always think there's a lot of talent there yeah and just on a, a sadly similar subject we also had a social media post from Caroline Garcia earlier on today telling us that her grandmother died suddenly on Monday um, and she didn't attribute her loss yesterday to Yifan Wong Wong Yifan specifically to that but um, we discussed that at length yesterday and how shocking that result and performance were and now it makes total and complete sense and she has withdrawn from the doubles uh, that she was due to play and that's really tough and we we wish Caroline Garcia well and just just while we're getting sad stuff out of the way for a moment I've just seen that Ila Tomljanovic has withdrawn from her match tonight against Elena Rabakina she's got a walkover Rabakina that is so tough Tomljanovic having not played for the whole year won our opener a couple of days ago it was a real good news story for tennis because I think everybody likes Tom Ljanovic haven't seen the reason um, but that's that's tough for her really wish her well um, don't want to end part one on a bummer has anyone got anything fun has anybody got anything <laughs> fun <laughs> you're um, stalling for time David yes I am um <laughs> No, I mean, I was just about to think about Dominic team against Ben Shelton, and I've just remembered that's finished as well. Oh, I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to seeing Francis Tiafo. He always puts a smile on my face, so how about yeah, that? Yeah, he's a good pick-me-up. Yeah, he's who we'll be watching in the night session tonight. Also upcoming, we have... Who do we have tonight, Matt? 
Petra Kvitova against Caroline, Caroline Wozniacki, Wozniacki, partying like it's 2014. Yeah, and Jennifer Brady against Magdalene Nett on Armstrong, and Taylor Fritz against Juan Pablo Varillas is on Armstrong as well. Incidentally, that Taylor Fritz section is suddenly so open. Can't remember exactly the names that are in it, but Dom- it's it's Sitsabas's section, isn't it? That's yeah. He's been taken Fritz, out. And Dominic Strick is there. Fritz needs to be added to the quarterfinals. Absolutely. Here, I think. Which is where he would meet it, Novak Djokovic, but he needs to be winning yeah. his matches big, before then. Big test for him now, yeah. I think. Yeah. Needs to be doing this. Um, so we'll see. We'll be back later uh, to wrap up the night session and any other sad news that unfolds in the meantime. Hopefully none of that. No one can be sad when when Francis Tiafo's on the scene. Good call, David. So we'll be back then. We'll speak to you in a moment. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Well, we're back, folks. And so apparently is Caroline Wozniacki. It's been a fun night session. Before we get into all of that, I'm going to tell you that the Tennis Podcast is brought to you in association with AO Travel, who operate the travel program for the first Grand Slam of the calendar year. Of course, the next Grand Slam after this one, the Australian Open. Go to ozopentravel.com. That's Oz, A-U-S, opentravel.com to check out the fantastic experiences they have to offer in Melbourne. And don't forget, we have a discount code of 500 Australian dollars of any premium lounge package for friends of the Tennis Podcast subscribers. So one of many reasons to become a friend of the Tennis Podcast and a link to do that is in our show notes 
We hope to see you in Melbourne. Oh, I want to go already. <laughs> hold, even, hold your horses, David. We haven't even finished this tournament <laughs> yet. I already want to go to Australia. Yep, that is the beauty of working in tennis. It just keeps coming. Yeah. The tennis pretty much literally never stops. We are lucky, aren't we, in tennis, that there's four grand slams, you know, and that they're as long as they are. <laughs> lucky and sometimes unlucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, it's a treat of a sport to work in, and it's been an interesting night session. Francis Tiafo brought the fun, brought the vibes. Not a competitive match against Sebastian Offner. What was a competitive match? Caroline Wozniacki against Petra Kvitova. Really, really partying like it was 2014 out there today. I mean, it it looked like a vintage Wozniacki. Kvitova match, a true rolling back of the years. Won by Caroline Wozniacki, 7-5, 7-6. By far the biggest win of her comeback. And and quite frankly, not one I perhaps thought she had in her. No. Uh, and having done the Tennis Relived recently with Kim Clijsters and talked about her comeback in 2009. Look, I realise... This is a second round match. It's a far cry from what Kleist has ultimately achieved. Who knows? Maybe Wozniak is about to go on a run that, that will have us talking in the same breath. But I do think that the speed with which they both picked it up and got back to their respective levels. I'm sure Wozniak is not at her very highest level. I think Kleister's was very close to her highest level by the time she got to the US Open. But she's clearly at a blooming good level. Because that is impressive to come back after the year she's been out. I mean, she's been out a lot longer than Clyster's was. She's had two children, three and a half years out of the sport. And she can play still. I mean, her anticipation has always been excellent. It's always been a factor that are in her game that I've been impressed with. Really nice backhand. I'm curious to know, Matt, I don't know whether we were doing the podcast with you when, when Wozniacki was really at the height of her career. I suppose we, were, you know, we caught the, the Australian Open, didn't we, when you were there. But her, I'm curious to know what you think of her backhand in light of the list. But it's her anticipation. There was a, there was a moment towards the end where she's getting dominated and she just picks the right side before almost before the shot's even been played. And so the instincts there, she's obviously looks very fit and hungry for it and uh, yeah I, I was impressed surprised actually mm. yeah me too I've I'll be totally honest and say that I I feel like there's been a a slight arrogance attached to the comeback of Wozniacki you know real you know, I sort of, in many ways, really admire the the belief that she has in herself, and I know that you have to have that to be able to get to the top. It's a it's a level of of self belief I can't understand. So if I'm if I'm sort of reading it wrong, I I very much realise that that's possible. But just the fact that she didn't dip down to a lower level like Alina Svitolina did, and you know, we know Svitolina had that three month or four month training block and was you know, just has come back as a sort of slightly different player. When I watched Wozniacki in her warm-up tournaments, yes, she reached a pretty good level, you know, but it was absolutely not matching the words that she wrote in her comeback essay, which was, 
you know, I believe I can win the US Open kind of thing, or I'm coming back because I think I have a shot at winning that. There was just a slight disconnect there for me, I suppose. Uh, but this is probably the first moment where I've thought, wow, that's that's really impressive. There was there was stunning, stunning tennis at times. Uh, and in terms of the backhand list, I mean, she does fit right into the category of the sort of players that I do like and a lot of them are on the backhand list with that with the slightly dodgy forehand that that just sort of sits there and is is a bit of a weakness but then this incredible backhand that she can you know hit down the line or roll the wrists over and create angles on she can do anything on that shot so had I had a backhand list in the in the Wozniacki peak years yeah I think I think she probably would have been backhand this worthy I think that's a good call yeah I, interesting I, I felt very similarly to Matt about the Wozniacki comeback I thought you know you do you good luck to you yeah, if you've absolutely. got unfinished business I absolutely good luck to you I'm interested to see it but in some of the things she was saying and I, I heard an interview with her on the Sky coverage earlier on today ahead of her match and she was you had to look quite hard for what she was saying because it was sort of slightly hidden but she was basically saying look I was competitive I reached world number one and won a grand slam during the Serena era and you know other associated players Bazarenka Venus all of that lot um so if I could do it then I sure as hell can do it now if I put my mind to it which I, I get the logic I do think Serena is the greatest player of all time there's obviously something in that but equally I I think there is an element of dismissiveness and perhaps unfounded um, arrogance about how her game might match up against the, the level of the players at the top of the game now I think she's perhaps underestimating them only time will tell really um I was hugely impressed with her tonight I'm just been in contact with Andrew who was on our Twitter tonight and who watched every single ball of it and he said he thought he did see a little bit of evidence of a Wozniacki 2.0 he said still not going for a ton on the forehand but she was far more willing to change direction on the backhand and it's still as sweet a shot as it's ever been he says there were moments that she she got tight when she was ahead in the second set. She went four two up and in the five four game as well where she had a few a few match points. But maybe maybe there is Wozniacki two point that's just sort of emerging from its shell. And mm. I'm certainly am here to see it. I loved the intensity that she showed tonight. I really enjoyed that performance. I'm not sure how much we can read into it in, in terms of how her game stacks up against those at the top right now because as I said, this was this was a matchup that could have been lifted directly from ten years ago, and it was a nostalgia fest. And no one loves nostalgia more than me, but I want to see her play the best of now. Mm. Um, and she's going to play Jennifer Brady next, who won tonight. Her match was moved to Armstrong. Um, who knows whether Jennifer Brady's best is ahead of her or behind her? Or... That, that's another match I'm looking forward to seeing because Jennifer Brady still clearly has a lot to offer as a tennis player. Whether her body can cope, we'll, we'll find out. 
but she was at a really high level when she was hit by those injuries and and you know it was multiple runs at grand slams got to a final got to that incredible semi-final that she played against Osaka you know it's it's easy to forget just how good she was in that period um and and I actually really enjoy seeing these players from the past come I mean I know it's not that long ago but <laughs> but Wozniacki playing Kvitova I really enjoyed that that combination I'm really looking forward to this next one but I do want to see Wozniacki taste what it's like to play against Igor Sviantek or Sabalenka mm. And, yeah. and 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 you know, I mean, she she did have a ten-one record against her against Serena Williams, so it's not like she was sort of some dominant force when Serena was around. Um, she was world number one a long, long time before. I think she took advantage of her, her gap. She absolutely maximised what she got, Wozniacki. But good luck to her that she's come back out here and mm. played a played a match like that. I mean, she played the Wimbledon champion just a few weeks ago. She played Marketa Vondrosheva and made it competitive in the end. But there was a stretch in that match where Vondrosheva was sort of picking her apart a bit. But, I mean, she can she can t- kind of do that to anyone, Vondrosheva. But with a few more matches in her legs, a few more, you know... It, it was her first time tonight playing a tie-break since 2019, which was a great <laughs> stat that came up on ESPN. And, and kind of like, yeah... I've, like, of course it was. She's barely played any matches since 2019, so it's not that surprising that it's her first tie break. But getting getting used to that again, I don't think you can just immediately pick that up. I think that will get better with time. And if she's got a bit more match toughness, it would be interesting to, to see her come up against the best of, of today. Absolutely. It's a fun storyline, isn't it? It's not It's not the main plot of the women's tournament, this US Open. It's not like... I don't think anyone's going to start going, oh my God, Wozniacki could do a Cloisters and win this tournament. I mean, maybe if she goes to another couple of rounds, that dialogue will start. But it, it's a fun little subplot. And Wozniacki against Jennifer Brady is a big deal match for this tournament. Mm. And then um, wouldn't, wouldn't it be winner to play golf if yeah. golf got that far? Look, if I'm doing the scheduling, I haven't looked exactly forensically at what the men's matches will be on Friday. But if I'm ESPN, I'm pushing for for Goff Mertens and Brady Wozniacki to be the night session. Why can't it be? Yeah, I mean, I think I think with the night sessions until the semifinals, I think they just always go one man and one women's, don't but they? There's no like, reason why they can't do different. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to see. Goff on Friday night, uh, or all those ones, uh, get, getting the 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 best slots really, because um, they're the matches of the of the this side of the draw. I think Taylor Fritz won tonight, one two and two against Juan Pablo Varias. Yes, that's a match he should win. Um, he should be reaching the quarterfinals with how the draw is looking. I mean, even if the draw hadn't opened up for him, he's the ninth seed. You could argue he should still be reaching the quarterfinals from that section, but he has failed to deliver at Grand Slams. He lost to Brandon Holt in the first round here last year. So, you know, him winning matches at Grand Slams that he ought to win is not a given. So well done to him for winning that and doing it so convincingly. Not the case for Casper Ruud. He lost out in five sets to Zhang Zhizhen. Wow. The very talented Chinese player. 6'4", 5'7", 6'2", love 6'6". Six, 
6-2 for Jung this evening. Now, I, I think Jung is a really good player. Yeah, you see, on the tip of my tongue is me saying that's a bad loss for Kasper Ruud as the defending runner-up from last year. But then you've you've seen more of him than me. I, I saw one match earlier this year. He's a really hard, big ball striker with like a, a sort of long wings, wingspan and a whiplash Fast delivery, hasn't he? Yeah, I think one. I think when he gets in a rhythm and gets set in a match, I think I watched him play Karatsev in Madrid, and it was just such sweet ball striking. Yeah. It was, it was a real sort of connoisseur's paradise that match. Um, he's he's been in and out since then, but I, I watched him up close during Madrid when he went on that run. I think to the quarterfinals, and I really was impressed he's got something about him and his technique looks solid to me there's not a lot that can break down about it Casper Rude it's a tricky one isn't it because part of me thinks well he's shown no form coming in so maybe it's no great surprise that he's lost second round but none of the slams where he's this is the great the great um, contradiction of Casper Rude we think of him as misconsistency but actually None of the slams where he's had his best results and reached the finals has he shown any particular form in the lead-up tournament. So actually, maybe this is a sh- a shock that he's he's lost in the second round. I don't really know. I don't don't know how many waves that'll cause that the fifth seed and last year's finalist has lost in the second round. No, I don't think it'll cause huge waves because. As you said, he he has a bit of a history of losing in in the second round of of slams. He's 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 keeping up his record of either losing in in the second round or reaching the final. I think he's done that in all of his <laughs> oh, last seven slams. That must please you. You like a nice neat. Yeah, thank pattern. you, Casper, for not going out in the third round. I do I do, do appreciate do the commitment when to the bit. Yelena Rostopenko had oh. the record of first round or winning. Yeah. At Roland Garros, and then yeah. she ruined it by doing something really mundane. And you'd take it over six quarterfinals, wouldn't you? Three second rounds and three finals. Right, exactly. I yes. think there's a there's a peak level which a lot of others are are sort of searching for. Uh, but then you know, no one put him in the same category as Carlos Alcaraz or Novak Djokovic here, and I don't think anyone really had him in that second category either of Daniil Medvedev and Yannick Sinner. Don't, did any of us put him in the quarterfinals? I know I didn't. I didn't. No. no. So I don't. But I, don't, I haven't at any of the slams <laughs> where he's yeah. reached the final either. So I mean, I think I think what happened today is he lost his head after that fourth set. There was there was drama involving toilet breaks and he wanted a rule clarification he was unsure and he and in his press conference he said he was frustrated and he sort of lost his groove and let Jung get on a roll at the start of the fifth and that's a bit surprising I suppose from a player of Rude's experience to let that happen and honestly if you reflect on his season Roland Garros aside it's been a disappointment, really. I mean, he left this tournament last year. You know, he was a match away from world number one, wasn't he? And he's now going to be world number nine. You know, which maybe last year was overachieving. I don't think anyone ever thought Casper Ruud would be world number one. And world number nine maybe feels about right. But given where he set the bar last year, he hasn't 
quite been able to match that again this year. Mm, interesting one. But uh, I am pleased to see Zhang, Zhang Zhizhen doing well. Tommy Paul, uh, probably the last significant result to wrap, wrap up from today. He had to come back from two sets of love down, one in five against Roman Sefuelin, 6-2, 6-4, 6-3 in the end. Kind of just two separate tennis matches. <laughs> no tie-break no tie break sets in there. I know the the fourth set was really competitive, felt like it was all hanging in the balance there. But Tommy Paul is such an athlete that actually, you know, coming back from two sets to love down, once he's in his groove, kind of just doesn't doesn't feel like that bigger thing for him like you just it's just not a question whether he's got it physically i think i think it's mental right it's the first time he'd ever done it he'd been he'd been two sets down i think nine times before finally does it at the 10th time like yeah i would always back him physically to be able to do it but once until you've done it you don't know you can do it mentally it's a big it's a big hurdle yeah i I do find that interesting though that we're all backing his physicality because we've been told what a great athlete he is by I think the American guys he he Mm. tested the best and yet to look at him I would never have believed that when I first saw Tommy Paul he Mm. he is not a remarkable looking man and yet his ability to move around a tennis court and just keep on going for hours on end (laughs) Is, is remarkable and and we, we you know you can stick him on highlight reels on we've just seen one on sports center haven't we here on, on espn and and he he's doing acrobatics to, to to lunge and get it get to a ball and he still manages to balance get back in position and be ready for the next shot um, mind be- you adrian manorino was doing that as well well between the two of them they own <laughs> sports center tonight i think I, I, beca- I might have become an adrian manorino fan. they segued <laughs> from adrian manorino to to the dodgers yeah. in baseball tell you what that- it was a it was a whiplash edit i am really impressed with those three american men for different reasons fritz for what you've said mm-hmm. paul because he's come back from two sets love down and because and francis tiafo because he has just played thoroughly professional tennis within himself to win in straight sets and and it it was it was perfectly good enough but it wasn't Rasmatas stuff it it didn't need to be and he got the job done it's it feels like an american pack hunter job against yeah. novak djokovic in that bottom half of the draw Ooh, that's like i mean runa's gone sitsapas is gone rude's gone Felix Auger-Alias seems gone. You know, it's Djokovic and the other big names there are those three Americans. And he, he, he would have to play two of them, wouldn't he, I think? Right, I think Fritz in the, the quarters and then it would be Tiafo or Paul yeah. in the semis, obviously, if yeah. they all Imagine get there. Imagine if Eubanks hadn't fallen. Right. Those things should happen, really, from where we are, shouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, they should. You know, that Absolutely should. Those meetings should happen. Yeah tomorrow's schedule folks looks thus uh, it is failing to load on my app but i can tell you from memory that arthur ash stadium is opened by gregor dimitrov and andy murray tomorrow are we okay with that that being there i'm looking forward to it um but then i'm quite pleased that we get to cover it for British radio and, and, and stuff good. like it's that. It's good for know. British audiences, isn't um, it? Yeah, it, it really is. It is followed by Janina <laughs> Wickmeyer. 
No comment. Is it? <laughs> Against she... Madison Keys. Oh, right. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and that is followed in the night session by Carlos Alcaraz against George, sorry, Lloyd Harris. <laughs> Uh, Carlos Alcaraz thought he was playing George Harris. <laughs> no, Lloyd Harris. I do stuff uh, like that, Carlos, don't worry. Uh, and finally, on Ash, it's Patricia Maria Thieg against Jessica Pagula. Sonigo against Sinner, all Italian match. First up on Armstrong, then it's Jodie Burridge, Sharina Sabalenka, Svitolina Pavlyuchenkova. Last day session match there in the night session on Armstrong is Kazakina Kenin, which I think could be fantastic and then Medvedev against Chris O'Connell the next potential end to John Isner's career comes first on grandstand tomorrow he faces Michael Moe Trevisan Vondrosheva Morfis Rublev Jabir Nozkova over there Rurinka's in action over on court 17 it's getting good her catch Draper is there somewhere. Court five. Court five. Where of else? It is. Where else could it be? It's the best place to be. Some some would say. Um, Buyers by Aina. <laughs> it's a great schedule tomorrow. Yeah, we're that's... really yeah we're really pumped, and we should probably go and get some sleep I'm in gonna, order to prepare for it. I want to go to court five for a bit tomorrow to see <laughs> you'll have to find it first I know well i'm going to take Holger with <laughs> there's me a, there's a map <laughs> there's on... a map on Holger's Twitter <laughs> it's still there uh right folks that's your lot for today. Willow is our u s open mascot hello lovely willow we have our mascots i've got Xenia. david's got Maisie Not Maisie. And Matt has struck out with Darwin once again. Nicola, Nicholas Jarry is your so banker badly. for tomorrow. Nicholas Jarry, come on. <laughs> Billy Jean is sponsored by Billy Jean King and Ilana Kloss. We have our executive producers and top folks, Jamie, Hannah, Andrew. Hello to you. And hello, Matt, to our shout outs for today. We start with Katerina who is originally from Greece, but has been living in the Netherlands for the past 10 years. I think that's sort of like a neighbouring church. Maybe like the graveyard of the church. (laughs) You've said the graveyard before and the person wasn't happy. Have have I done that before? (laughs) What, What other bits of a church are there? The car park. <laughs> <laughs> it's not getting too much better, is it? <laughs> um, yeah, you get the idea, Katerina. What I'm saying is you're part of the family. Hmm. Yeah. I think there was a tennis player in the 80s called Katerina Lungfist. I was going to go Katerina Srobotnik. Well, that's quite good. Well Who done. definitely did exist. She definitely did exist. But I do need, now need to Google Katarina Lundqvist <laughs> to find out. Because I think she was a Swedish player who was in the top 20. Top 20? Yeah, that's my, that's my prediction. Okay, well, David's doing that. We'll do our next uh, shout-out. Mm. But thank you, Katarina. Mm. And I would say Cine Arkova. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, I really could have made this easier for myself, <laughs> couldn't I? <laughs> Uh, we've also got Natalie Matlack, who says Matt as in Matt Roberts and Lack as in Lackluster. 
That's very helpful, Natalie. Mm. Natalie. Hopefully the only two times... Hopefully the only time that (laughs) Matt Roberts and Lackluster are used next to each other. Um, Natalie, like our French Open landlady. (laughs) (laughs) Had any texts from her recently, David? Nope. (laughs) Um, I can... She loves to clean. I can update you to tell you that I am a genius uh, and that in 1963 Katarina Lungfist was born a former professional tennis player and she reached the semi-finals of both the Australian Open and Wimbledon in the late 80s uh, and was number 10 in the world number 10 thank you Strong. Katarina thank Check you Natalie mm. I'm sure Natalie loved her shout out mostly being about Katerina Lundqvist oh, well, from I'm the th- 80s I was too busy thinking about Katerina at that particular point let me have a little think about Natalie uh, Deshi Deshi yeah, yeah. Who is, that's uh, the big one after Natalie our landlady yeah. thank you Tozia. Natalie Tozia all the French Natalies and finally we have Catherine Higgins oh this is same church same pew isn't it no. No, okay. No. Same church. Quite a different pew. K and a Y? No, but a K and an A. Ah, the lesser spotted. Mm. Catherine Higgins from Fleet in Hampshire. Oh, I know Fleet, yeah. But originally from Bristol, and she's put like Joe Dury. Ah. She supports Bristol Rovers, doesn't she, mm. Joe? Lovely Joe. Well, mm. I know, I don't, I've been to Bristol, but I don't know it, but I, I, do, I know Fleet a bit. Driven f- through it a few times. Lovely Hampshire. Lots of nice chalk streams. Great for wild swimming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you, Catherine. Yeah, thank you, Catherine, Natalie, Katerina, all of you. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Friends of the Tennis Podcast for supporting us to be here at the US Open where we'll be back tomorrow with another pod and we'll speak to you then a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.